it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It's Friday of the Super Bowl week. And of course, we got you covered. If you need a last minute cram session throughout the hour, we'll be peppering in all kinds of Super Bowl talk, uh, including our final thoughts on who might win the big game coming up at 720. Then at 740, uh, diving into some more of the exotic props because there's like a thousand of them uh but first we'll get to some nba games if you want to win yourself some money before you know sunday want to build that bankroll we got you covered jenks when it comes to studying were you somebody who crammed the night before or were you a responsible student who did it spread out more than just you know a few hours before the test no i was pretty responsible i was definitely a nerd in college I mean, I've always kind of been a study nerd, but I, when it comes, when it comes to stuff, I don't retain things like I've, that's one, that's why I'm really bad at history or I'm bad with name. I'm really bad at retaining knowledge. I have to sort of reinforce it over and over and over. So even though I was pretty studious, I would stay up all night and cram. I would just have a bunch of coffee and just absorb as much information as I could. I'd always go to class. I'd take a ton of notes. I'd be prepared. But when it came to getting ready for a big exam, it was just like, all right, it's caffeine time and I've got to get to work here. So it was a little bit of both, but I was definitely a night before person. Did you ever find any tricks that worked for you? Because I will say doing this job, you have to memorize a lot of things and you have to memorize a lot of numbers just so you're not like, you know, nose in your notes and you can look at the camera. I have found that if I look at my information the Mm -hmm. night before and then like an hour before the show starts, those are like, it's like a double dose. It's like a two a day for your brain where mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of reinforces it. I also have found for certain things, writing it down helps me, you know, even if yeah. you're just typing it, like rehashing the information to where, I don't know if it's like some connection with your brain and like seeing it on paper, right. but is there anything you found that helps you remember things better? Oh, I, I absolutely write every, like, this show, for example, like if I sent you my rundown, it's pretty ridiculous. Like I write every single handicap is written. Like I have a small paragraph for every single game that we do. 
all, all the teases are written, all these different things. So, and I don't always follow those things to a T, but writing them down, then you're sort of processing the information, right? Like you're seeing it, you're thinking about it, you're looking at it. So that way, I'm not necessarily going verbatim here, but having already gone through the process of writing it down, I've already started processing like, oh, this is how I want to present this. Oh, these are some facts that I remember. Oh, I remember thinking about this. I remember writing this down. So for me, it's it's very helpful in not necessarily following it to a T, but having having gone through that information and not having to pull it out of the blue sky. Because it's one thing to think about it. And some people are very good about that, right? They can just think about something. They can look at something and say, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I'm not that person. I need to have it in front of me. And so I can glance at it and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or, oh, I remember that. So I write a ton of stuff. I do think we're different in that regard. Because if I write too many things, it feels mm -hmm. like I'm looking at a full page of notes and I can't find the most important things. So for right. me, I have to have it like oversimplified to where it's mostly numbers that I need to remember because I can remember yeah. the general talking points. But when I want a stat that I want to throw in there to back up whatever I'm saying, I want the exact number. So that's what I will write down. And we'll get to the NBA in a second, I promise. But I was thinking about this. What do you think mm -hmm. these few days entail for the head coaches for the Super Bowl? Because I think both of these guys are mm -hmm. super, um, I'm not going to say like super offensive minds. There's probably a better way to say that. But guys who are very good at scheming on the offensive side of the ball. Do you yeah. think that Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are getting any sleep this week? No. Pro well, I'll tell you who's not getting any sleep. The Niners. Did you hear that they had a, a fire alarm go off at their hotel? at like six in the morning and Christian McCaffrey was really upset about it. He was like, this is absolutely intentional. Like someone's doing this to mess with us. And so the Niners are really angry about that and basically saying, yeah, they're trying to mess with us. This is just another thing we're upset about. Like who's pulling this fire alarm at our team hotel. It's not the first time something like this has happened. So they're pretty angry about that. I, I think honestly, more so than not getting any sleep and, and game planning, I think at this point, and this is just conjecture on my part, is that most of the game plan is in place, right? Now it's about repetition. Mm -hmm. I think at this point in, in the week, when you've had so much time to get ready, you know what's what's about to occur. This is about managing your team's emotions and, and taking the temperature of your team, right? Because there's no question, even if you've played in this situation before, it still is the Super Bowl. The Chiefs have that advantage because – They've been there. They've won this. So the pressure is not on them. The pressure is on the Niners. But I think managing how you approach the game, if you're managing your routines, I think that's more important than anything else because the game plan is set. And that's why I think the Niners are so upset because routine is critical when there's so much going on and anything that disrupts your routine can disrupt how you play in the game. So for me, I think this is when, it, this is when being a head coach and taking the temperature of your locker room is really important. I also think, and this is what I have heard about Brock Purdy so much, is that he is so calm, cool, and collected, and way beyond what you would expect for somebody who really hasn't been in this league that long. Because I do think the temperature of a team is so much set by their starting quarterback. Like, you know, we talk about the quarterback being the most important position on the field for a myriad of reasons, not only just the play, mm -hmm. but doesn't it feel like they set the tone? 
And, you know, mm-hmm. what we hear from the players about Brock Purdy, I think it was George Kittle that went on some podcast this week and was talking about, you know, the confidence that he brings to the huddle when he, you know, you know, leads the plays, does whatever. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I'm shocked by that because we've said this before. Of course, the players are going to say nice things about their quarterbacks. But sure. do you think there will be nerves for Brock Purdy? And do you think this is something that will have a tangible effect in the Super Bowl? Yes, I, I do. Patrick Mahomes will be ready for the moment. Travis Kelsey will be ready for the moment. Andy Reid will be ready for the moment. I don't know about Brock Purdy. I think he's up to it. I think he's up to the task, but we just don't know. And he has struggled against good defenses. So that's one of the sabotage factors for sure. I also think at the same time that that he will be prepared and he will be ready. Now, I don't, that's to me, that's the biggest X factor. I think if Brock Purdy has a good game, the Niners win this game. I think if he struggles, they lose. He's he's the real X factor, right? Because mm-hmm. we know Christian McCaffrey, we know Kittle, we know Diva, we know all. If Brock Purdy has a good game, I think they win. I, I really think that's what it comes down to. And I just don't know. But I, I said this earlier in the week, and I think it bears repeating, is Brock Purdy has taken an interesting path to the NFL. And people forget that when he was in college, he could have gone to Alabama. He really could have. He had a scholarship offer from Alabama. And Matt Campbell talked him into helping revitalize Iowa State. And Brock Purdy said, okay, I'm going to do that. Imagine a path if Brock Purdy, who was a very good college quarterback, by the way, imagine if he had gone to Alabama, played with better talent, had more publicity, probably gets drafted if he starts. And then all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, what did you expect from this guy? He was incredible in college. He played at Alabama. He had talent around him. He got the ball to that talent. He got drafted and here he is living up to his potential. But because this goes back a long way where kid from Iowa State playing with some mediocre talent, playing above what you might expect for an Iowa State quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. But things could have gone very differently, and the narrative could have changed based on, honestly, Brock Purdy's college choice. But it's just that the way his path has gone thus far, it's completely in line with doubting someone. But I'll say one thing. He has proven the doubters wrong up to this point, so I still feel like he's not being given enough credit. Well, and also, if you have the confidence of your teammates, that's really important, too. Because there's not really yeah. a role in the game for internet commoners. Like, that doesn't really matter that much. Like, he's not going to be sitting on the sideline with, like, you know, people bombarding him. Like, those are the people that need mm-hmm. to believe in him. The people that need to yeah. believe in him are his teammates and the guys that are playing around him, and it feels like they do. So I would imagine that even if he is feeling nerves, I feel like there are some veterans on that squad that could definitely lift him up as well. Like I think George Kittle, yes. you know, Christian McCaffrey, all of these guys, mm-hmm. I think they can well make up for it. All right, Jenks, I promised some NBA, so we'll go there. Uh, Let's look at the slate tonight in the association because I'm sure some people want to win some money tonight. So we will honor those people. And uh, do you want to start with the Hawks and the Sixers? We don't have like a full segment left. Yeah. So if there is a certain game you want to start with, you know, go ahead. Or we can just start in Philly. Which adventure do you choose? I guess I'll choose this Hawks-Sixers game since I did try to handicap it yesterday. Oh, my God. I almost just said I'm not handicapping anything today. I'm going to go to the over here. And, man, God, 
Well, the problem is this opened at 239 and a hook, and now it's sitting at 242 and a hook. Here's the thing. You know how it goes with Atlanta, right? They just have zero mm-hmm. interest in playing any sort of defense whatsoever. Philly is an over team anyway when they play at home, 15 and 11 to the over. The total in the last six games between these two teams has hit the over in five of the six matchups. And here's the thing. Now that Joel Embiid is not in the lineup for the Sixers, clearly it makes them a much worse defensive team. So the money is pushing the total in that direction. It's a high number. Don't feel awesome about it, but I would go over 242 and a half. This game just feels unbettable to me. Like, no Joel Embiid. You don't get Buddy Heald, their newly acquired shooter, uh, until after this game. And then you look at Atlanta. DeJounte Murray, who, much to the chagrin of LeBron James, is not going to the Mm -hmm. Lakers. Uh, He's questionable for this one. And Atlanta has been one of the worst covering teams in the entire NBA, sitting at 15 and 36 ATS. So I think I would lean towards Philly, but God, they've Mm -hmm. been terrible too not covering and losing in three straight games. Oh, what a disaster of a matchup. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to save my money. Let's go to the Rockets and the Raptors. Raptors laying two and a half total of 232 and a half. I initially thought, okay, let's check out an under. The Raptors feel like kind of an under team for me. But Jenks, what was your initial lean here? Oh, I guess the Rockets. I'm not going to bet a total in this game, but I (laughs) – it's, it's just hard for me to get behind the Raptors. The Raptors feel like they've just quit to me. Do you know what I mean? Like they were mm-hmm. sellers at the trade deadline. Well, they lost some – yeah, right. they lost a lot of players. Yeah. Right, but that's what I mean. Like they've, they've quit, mm-hmm. right? They, they've lost their players. They have nothing to play for. They're not that talented. They've lost 12 of 15. And against teams from the Western Conference, they've lost eight straight. Also, they're pretty good on the road against the number, but they're really bad covering the spread in Canada – Nine and 14, that is fourth worst in the NBA. So I'm not quite sure why the Raptors are favored here, but I would take the Rockets plus the two and a half on the road. I cannot trust the Raps. Ugh, this is another one that I don't feel great about because Houston has not been great on the road this season. Five and 18 overall away from yeah. Houston. So it's just two trends that, okay, you pick whichever one you believe a little bit more in. Uh, But looking at Toronto, their only wins in their last 10 have come against the mighty Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls. So not really a murderer's row. Other than that, eight of their last 10 games have resulted in losses. So now you're asking me to take them as favorites? No, thank you, please. So I would lean towards the Rockets, maybe the under there, just because uh, the Rockets, or excuse me, the Raptors lost a lot of their firepower so maybe mm-hmm. the under worth a look as well. So open-ended for the rest of the slate, Jenks. Uh, any of these other games catch your eye or anything you think better should know about? Oh, God. You know what? Let's go under in Sacramento. Whenever I see the Nuggets play, I immediately look at the under. The Nuggets play at an incredibly slow pace. They like to get in their half-court sets. They like to get the Joker open. And they are on the road this season, the second best under team in the NBA, nine and 17 to the under. And look with the Kings, the Kings are definitely an over team, but the Nuggets have a way of just slowing things down and they they make you play at their pace, whether you like it or not. 
232 and a hook seems way too high. I'm going to go under in Sacramento. I really like that play. And Nuggets unders have come home in a big way this season. Well, and Nuggets also coming off a of back-to-back, I believe. So maybe a little bit of tired legs. Maybe the shooting comes down mm-hmm. just a little bit. So would agree with you there. The only other one that I saw that maybe was worth a look is we know the Lakers also coming off a of back-to-back. That line sitting at one right now, New Orleans favored in L.A. So I'm wondering if LeBron James is playing or I wonder if he's pouting that he didn't get mm. some of the pieces that he wanted uh, at the trade deadline. We shall see. All right, coming up next, we will get back to football. We will get back to the Super Bowl and some of our final thoughts heading into the big game. What's going to be the true deciding factor come this Sunday? We'll tell you. That's next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are up and at them because it's a Friday and we have plenty to talk about. This is the final leg of a two-week stretch where we have analyzed the Super Bowl from every possible angle. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little tired of talking about the Super Bowl. I'm not getting tired of like putting down bets and I am excited for the game but it's kind of like the preseason where we talk about, you know, all the offseason moves and what the narratives are. At the end of the day, you want to watch the actual game. Like I want to watch some football being played as opposed to just simply talking about it. So I'm very ready in that regard. Uh, but before we get to the actual game, I wanted to run some novelty props uh, ahead of you because these okay. are not ones that we have talked about yet. And I think they're fun ones just because they're good talkers. Uh, I'm not asking for like a super sharp handicap, but the two that I wanted to talk about was there is a line for how many players will throw a pass. The line is two and a half. Obviously there are two quarterbacks, but with these two offensive minds, do you think we see another player attempt to pass? And it's just to attempt to pass. I don't think they even have to complete a pass. Uh, so the line is two and a half. And if you want the over, it's plus 164. Oh, I would absolutely take the over. I don't, you just think with these two offensive minds that we'll see someone besides the two quarterbacks attempt one. I love that bet. Anything goes two weeks to prepare two offensive minds, a ton of offensive talent especially on the Niners side. Like I can see someone on the Niners throwing a pass actually more so than I can for the Chiefs. I could be wrong, but I think for for two teams that are headed up by brilliant offensive minds and all the talent on the field, why not take a shot at plus money? Oh, I'd be all over that. I think this is the sweet spot between a fun bet and something that you could actually put like a little logic into because some of the exotic bets, it's like, okay, you know, the coin toss, uh, you know, what color will the Gatorade bath be? It feels very hard for me to put any kind of logic into that. So this one mm-hmm. feels like it's like the best of both worlds. It's not a bet that you get every game of the season. And it's something that, you know, is a little fun to root for. The other one, maybe we talked about this th- uh, last year, 
but I can't remember if we've talked about it this year. The octopus bet. Jenks, have you heard of this? Where no. it's a player who you have to score a touchdown, and then the okay. same player has to score the ensuing two-point conversion. We actually had an octopus in last year's Super Bowl game. I think it was like 14-1 to 1 last year. It's 14-1 to 1 this year, so I'm imagining it's around the same odds. You mm -hmm. think we see an octopus this year? Oh, we could. Oh, I love that. Matt is saying in the chat that Kelsey and an octopus is 30 to 1 right now, if you can find it. And that's probably your best bet, right? Can't you see him doing that? Scoring on consecutive plays? Absolutely. That's your bet. I think you take just somebody to do an octopus because I feel like there are plenty of players on both sides that could do this. Like Christian McCaffrey, is anybody going to be shocked if he runs in a touchdown and then catches a two-point conversion? No. no. I think the question is, do you think either of these coaches are going to go for two? Because certain yeah. coaches more have a propensity to go for two, and maybe this is you know my weak spot. I don't mm -hmm. think either of these coaches are like super into that. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. No, you're right. Actually, Andy Reid in particular is not nearly as aggressive on fourth down compared to other head coaches in the NFL. And I know we're talking about two-point conversions here, but this goes to the broader point of being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like how aggressive the mindset. do you want to be? In yeah, the mindset, exactly. What you believe is, is the best route to go depending on game plan and just what your propensity is as a head coach. So if you're looking at Andy Reid in particular, it's not really his style, I think, to go for two or to take to take calculated risks, maybe from time to time, but at least compared to other head coaches, like Jim Harbaugh is a guy, what was it, especially a couple mm -hmm. seasons ago, like constantly following metrics, constantly taking risks, always going for two-point conversions, and Andy Reid is not that guy. So, yeah, you have to take that into account as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, so maybe that's why we don't get it. But also, you know, maybe this is something that a team has to do. Because going for two isn't always, you know, a preventative measure. Sometimes it's just about the mm -hmm. math. And, you know, when you're talking about the Super Bowl, the strategy will be extra, extra meaningful. So a couple of things mm -hmm. to watch out for if you're looking for some fun props. But we do need to pick a side on the game. And Jinx and I have been waffling back and forth. And here's the advice I think I would give to people who are finding themselves in the same boat. I think mm -hmm. if you have a gut feeling that you have felt the whole time and you can find at least three good reasons to stick to your guns, you stick yes. with it. Because there is nothing more frustrating than having a gut feeling, being talked out of it, and then you lose. So, Jenks, 
I know you've been back and forth. It feels like you finally landed on the Niners. Can you find three good reasons to back the Niners here? Yes, I can. First of all, let me say for the record, BetQL asked for our picks earlier in the week, and I chose the Chiefs. So I'm not trying to pull a fast one here, okay? I have changed my mind. So I'm not – listen, I'm going with the 49ers. And if the Chiefs win, I'm not going to say, oh, see, I I made this pick for BetQL. I will stick with the 49ers. One reason is I think they are the better team, which may sound very basic. But all this Chiefs love that I have seen – over the past couple of weeks is based on the past couple of weeks. And we have an entire sample size to look at. And of course, which team is playing better matters. Which team has the most momentum matters. But a month ago, to a person, everyone would say the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. Maybe it's the Ravens and the Chiefs can't catch the ball. They don't have the same offense. Well, all of a sudden, the Chiefs won a couple of playoff games and we're all back on Kansas City like the receivers have suddenly become all world. I think we could see some regression here. I think the 49ers are the better overall team. Number two, I don't think we're giving Brock Purdy enough credit. He is a very good quarterback. And of course, measuring up against Patrick Mahomes, you say it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, there's no question Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. But what else do you want from Brock Purdy? He's taken his team to the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl in his first two seasons. And he has more weapons to work with. And also, I don't think they're going to sabotage themselves like the Ravens sabotage themselves by getting away with what got them there in the first place. And then finally, almost everyone is on the Chiefs. And when I see this, when I see everyone talking about Mahomes as a dog, and listen, You can make an easy case for Kansas City. I get it. I just feel like based on what we've seen over the past two weeks in the playoffs, we are forgetting how dominant the Niners were all season long. And I think that's why they're favored. I think that's why the line hasn't moved. And I'm going to stick with San Francisco. Doesn't it feel like the Niners have been underachieving? Have they yet to play a full game of good football this postseason? I think that's what makes me the most scared to go against the Niners here because at some point they're going to put it all together. And it's almost like betting is the stock market. And this is a stock, a blue chip stock all season long. And then it hits Mm -hmm. the dip for like a couple little notches. And you're like, okay, is it time to keep selling? No, eventually this blue chip stock is going to go back to where it was, uh, you know, all season long. So I think for that reason, there are some good cases for the Niners and also the fact that the Chiefs, their weakness is against the run. Like, it's not like a yeah. huge weakness. They're not a bad defense overall. They're a very good defense overall, but they can be had uh, against the run. When you have somebody like Christian McCaffrey, not a great matchup. But how about the case for the Chiefs? And I guess I will be taking that since I am on the Chiefs. This was my gut feeling. It feels super square. And I totally agree with you that everybody's on the Chiefs. And this is normally where it goes to the other direction. And this is why we see those grand big buildings in Las Vegas because they win their money uh, at the sports club. But the case for the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. It is square but sharp at the same time. Yes, he is the greatest quarterback in the NFL and also incredible in this position. 10-1-1 against the spread as an underdog. You will hear that stat 
all week long, and I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face because it's important here. Uh, <laughs> also, the fact that this Chiefs defense has been so very good. You look at the Chiefs defense in the second half, there is a reason why their second half unders have been scorching hot. 16-2 and two to the second half under in their last 18 games because Steve Spagnola is so good at making those halftime adjustments and really putting the clamps down on opposing offenses. And number three, the experience. Experience matters in the biggest game of the season. The spotlight's not going to be too bright for Patrick Mahomes. This is a team that's been there, done that. They've dealt with the circus of Super Bowl week. And again, they have the best player on the face of planet Earth, currently speaking. <laughs> they so do. it's very do. hard to go against them. Because, Jenks, if you're on the Niners and the Chiefs have the ball with two minutes left to the play, aren't you feeling a little nervous? Yeah, it's over. It's over. And I know it. I know it. So, you know, both things can be true. Factor Mahomes is is the best quarterback on the planet. And if he gets the ball with under two minutes to play, it's it's over. Uh, I don't feel confident about that at all. But what I, what I anticipate or what I hope happens is that the Niners suffocate the Chiefs, slowly start to suffocate them. And by being physical and by running the football, Honestly, I, I think that's the key. That's the key for the Niners is you got to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You can't have three and outs. You can't just go to the passing game and have Brock Purdy try to win the game for you. You have to rely on Christian McCaffrey, rely on your weapons however you can, run the football, which is the one area which we keep talking about, which is the Chiefs' weakness, and keep Patrick on the sidelines. You, you hear that all the time, but it's such a good strategy. If you can move the ball and take time off the clock, that will benefit the 49ers, and then you wear out that Chiefs defense to an extent. But if it goes back and forth and the Niners aren't able to move the ball, then they are in trouble because then if you get Patrick Mahomes on the field enough, he is eventually going to burn you. Okay, so I've heard a lot of strong arguments for the sides because I do think you can make a strong case for either one. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this total. Do you think it's because it's set kind of in a place where it could go either direction? 47 and a half is... It's not a low total, but it's not like a super high total. And if you're new to sports betting, it feels like a quote-unquote high total would be like 51, and a low total would be anything under 45. Jenks, do you have a feeling on this total? Like, I don't really want to touch it. Because I do think it's going to be a lower-scoring affair. If we think that both teams are going to try to establish the run, Mm -hmm. and both these defenses have been pretty solid. But again, when you have the big play potential of somebody like Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes and pick your poison on the Niners offense... I think I'm scared to take an under. Oh, I'm taking the under. I love the under in this game. Actually, brave man. I really do. do. I I, I think we're getting sucked into the idea that the Niners have all these playmakers. You got Patrick Mahomes. How can this not hit the over? But again, I think if you're the Niners, what do you want to do? You want to run the ball. You want to take time off the clock. You want to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. And let's not forget, by the way, that second half unders for the Chiefs, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. have been an absolute moneymaker. How many points did the Chiefs score a couple weeks ago against the Ravens in the second half? Zero. They did not score. They got all their points in the first half. And so these are two exceptional defenses. I think we're being lulled into this sense that this could be a high-scoring game because of the talent on the field. Defense isn't sexy, right? Nobody likes to talk about two great defenses, but ultimately, I think if the Niners, like I say, if they want to run the football, 
into the teeth of that Chiefs defense and take time off the clock, and you have these two defenses, which are very good. 47 and hook feels too high to me. I think if you like an under, there would be a good opportunity to live bet this game because mm-hmm. it would not shock me if we see some points in the first half because both of these coaches are so good at game planning that I wouldn't be shocked if we see the offenses look markedly better in the first half. So maybe yeah. wait. Maybe wait till they score a couple of touchdowns and you get a better number on this. Because I do think the scoring is going to slow down markedly in the second half. But I do think you might be nervous in the first half if both these mm-hmm. offenses are chugging along. And like I said, I think we will see some good game planning from both sides. Both these guys are known as offensive minds. But I don't know. Do you think you'll be live betting? Or do you think you'll have too much like buffalo oh, no sauce way. on your fingers? Uh, you read my mind. I was like, Chelsea, I'm going to have buffalo wings in my hands. I'm going to have sauce all over my face. Be like, mm. Are you going to live bet? Dude, no. I, might, <laughs> I, I tried to, and now there's wing sauce. No, definitely. I'm gonna make that my new my new avatar. My avatar, or just on on Twitter. That's gonna be my new profile picture. It's gonna be me going. This is me trying to lie bet with wing sauce on my fingers. So no, I'm not gonna lie bet. I will have enough bets on the game, but I I actually like that strategy a lot. I think that is a good case for why wings should not be the number one Super Bowl food. Uh, I've had this talk with people. I think chicken tenders or chicken nuggets are actually a better food because now you can incorporate the live betting aspect into it. When you got sauce all over your sticky little hands, how are you supposed to be typing bets into your phone? So team chicken tenders over team chicken wings in the Super Bowl. I'm taking the underdog. And I'm also taking the underdog in the game. Jinx is on the Niners. I'm on the Chiefs. We'll see how it pans out. After the break, it's time to talk about the other stuff. The exotic prop bets that you can bet on in the Super Bowl. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. All week, you better you bet, and BetMGM Tonight will be broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay. Listen anywhere you go with the Odyssey app. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. It is a Friday, February the 9th, here on the Daily Tip. In a few minutes, we'll run down some of the exotic prop bets that maybe you haven't considered. But when you're betting on things, you need to consider all options. It's like looking at the entire menu before you make a choice. Jenks, are you somebody who sticks to the old faithful when you go to restaurants? You're like, all right, where's the section for chicken pindies? I'm going to go with that. Or do you carefully scan the entire menu and make sure you're not missing out on something? No, I rarely, and maybe it's because I'm old, right? When you're 50, you've tried a lot of different things. And once in a blue moon, I'll say, hey, I'm going to try something different. But at this point in my life, I know what I like. And I can't tell you how many times I will go to dinner with the lovely Catherine because she's one to explore a little more. And she'll be like, oh, I should have gotten what you got. Oh, that looks so good. Oh, can I have a bite? And so I think I think you have to find that that sort of that happy medium where, yeah, if you want to try something, sure, why not? Expand your horizons a little bit, branch out. But if you know, especially when you're paying for a meal and you're going out, if I know what I like, I'm like, you know what? I know what I like. 
I know I'm going to enjoy this. I'm paying for it. So I don't care if it seems lame or not. If I like it and like I love a good burger, for example, right? Which I know sounds super basic. But if you go out to a super nice restaurant or super nice restaurant, you can get burgers made in a variety of different ways. They taste different. They're cooked certain ways. And that's it with a lot of things that might seem like basic meals, but they can be prepared differently. So I generally stick to my guns as far as what I know I'm going to enjoy. I'm like that too. Maybe it's like settling in at an older age and you just don't want to try new things. But I have been burned so many times where you order something new and you're like, wow, I just wasted my dinner experience on something that, you know, it was a roll of the dice. It was a gambler. It was a gamble. And I know I'm a gambler, but sometimes uh, my food is not something I want to gamble with. I do think it is more difficult to decide when you go to a place like the Cheesecake Mm -hmm. Factory that has like a million different options. It's almost less stressful when you go to like, say, a Mexican restaurant or an Italian place where it's not that the options are limited, but at least it's like in the same genre. When you go to the Cheesecake Factory, you're like, okay, so what am I feeling? Because they got everything. And Jenks, that's how I'm feeling about some of these Super Bowl props. It feels like a Cheesecake Menu Factory or a Cheesecake Factory menu full of bets. And I'm like, oh my God, where do I even start? That's true. I don't know. Well, here's here's what makes it easy for me. At least if we're talking about Taylor Swift props, that's like part of the menu. I'm like, nope, let me turn the menu over and look elsewhere. Let's see what else is on the menu here. I don't like this. So I, what? yeah, you can, your head can spin when looking at the number of, mm-hmm. of props. If you want to bet on it, you can find it, honestly. If you pick a bet, a random bet, and it sounds crazy, if you look hard enough, I bet you can find a way. Yeah, uh, I think the toughest part is trying to find logic in some of these. I don't even know how they set these lines because I'm going to run down some of the Taylor Swift props because somebody out there is curious. Jenks, I know you're not one of those people, Um, but Uh, here are some of the few. One is, will Andy Reid mention Taylor Swift on the podium? Which, number one, this means the Chiefs need to win the game because he's not going to be on the podium if they lose, correct? And this one feels like an unbettable number. The no is minus 850. If you think there's a shot, though, it's plus 520 for the yes. Jenks, is there any scenario in which you think Andy Reid mentions Taylor Swift? I just don't see it. He seems like such a conventional, like, old school guy that this feels weird to mention, like, a player's significant other. I think it's a strong possibility. Here's what I'm really what I'm curious about. Yeah. And here's why. Oh no. No, I'm serious. At plus 520, if he's on the podium, won't he be asked about this after the Super Bowl? Is this just like his opening statement? Because I it's think it's just when the they opening. win. Oh, not the press conference. Okay. So you know, when they is, have okay. the trophy, right? I'm assuming. I you know what? I can I can absolutely see this happening. Absolutely. See I would I would take yes at more than five to one. I can see Andy Reid as as at the very end saying, Chiefs Kingdom, we got it done. I'm so proud of these guys. It's 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 incredible, like the journey that we've been on. I mean, people doubted us early in the season, but here we are now. 
And I, I just can't say enough about how proud I am of, of not only this fan base, but these guys. We even got Taylor here. You know what I mean? Like, just all he has to do is toss it out. All he has to do is just throw it. It doesn't have to be some sort of soliloquy about how she and Travis are dating and how she's been coming to the games. All it has to be is just an off-the-cuff mention. At plus 520, I'll take it. Here you said you didn't want to hear about Taylor Swift props. And now you've been on the first one, Jenks. But let (laughs) me ask you something. Have you ever been friends, and I feel like you probably have, with somebody Mm -hmm. who is really famous and somebody who, like, is an ultra celebrity, maybe not on the level of Taylor Swift, but, like, you've been around a lot of NFL players. And I Mm -hmm. feel like those type of people appreciate being treated like a normal human being. And you've got to remember, this is a player's significant other. Like, do you think it's kind of weird if they went out of their way to, like, mention Taylor Swift and do all these things for her when, you know, there are other players' wives? And they're like, well, how come you didn't mention me? Like, Brittany Mahomes has been there (laughs) forever. Do you think there is any aspect of that to this? Like, I'm trying to spin my wheels here. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like, why would you mention her as opposed to all the other important women or wives who are a part of the organization by proxy. I just use by proxy. God, I'm ready for the weekend. You know, uh, thank you. Thank you, milady. I, I get it. I also, to me, it would not be, it depends on how it's presented. And I just keep going back to the idea that it wouldn't be, oh, and it's so great to have Taylor Swift here cheering us on i'm looking forward to her new album blah blah like that is not going to happen but again i can see a situation where just it's just thrown out just sort of in a nonchalant manner and that's all it takes that's all it takes a nonchalant mention you don't go into it you don't make a big deal about it and it comes home for you at more than five to one Okay, so I've gotten you to bite on the first Taylor Swift prop. So how about some of these others? Will the MVP mention Taylor Swift and the speech? And I think the obvious correlation here is if Travis Kelsey wins MVP, Mm -hmm. which he is either 13 to 1 or 14 to 1, and he is one of the book's biggest liabilities. A lot of people like the number here, and clearly there is a pathway for him to win MVP. Here is the one bit of information about Taylor Swift that I think I know. Um, In her Grammy speech, she didn't thank Travis Kelsey. So do you think that if he sees that, he's thinking, okay, maybe we're keeping our private life mm, private for like one second. Do you think Travis will mention Taylor if he's MVP? Well, he's not going to win MVP. I'll tell you that right now. A tight end has never won MVP. And he is not going to win MVP. If I'm wrong about this, I'll be happy to be wrong. But if if he has a huge game, Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP. This is a quarterback's award. It's never happened. People are just caught up in. And look, Kelsey was absolutely unbelievable against the Ravens. He's been great in the playoffs. So there's no question he has stepped it up. But I think we're getting caught up in this idea. Oh, Kelsey looks amazing. Taylor's going to be there. There's great value. I just do not see it happening. But that is the big correlation. If he wins MVP, he's going to mention Taylor. But I think, look, it's all marketing, right? So when you make a a Grammy speech, those things live on in perpetuity. 
So the last thing you want to do is mention someone that you've been dating for three or four months, right? And then all of a sudden, five years later, you're broken up. And you're like, why did I mention him in my speech? That's a great point. And I have not thought of that because do you think this is in the background of anybody's mind on the team? This is similar to when you bring a date to a wedding. And if you're like the bride and groom, you're like, hey, can we get a few pictures of just you without this <laughs> yes. girl you brought? I didn't even think of that. Because wouldn't yeah. you say the same thing about like MVP speeches and celebration speeches from the coaches? Like the last thing you want to do is mention Taylor Swift. And, you know, three years from now when they're showing this on NFL Network, the greatest <laughs> right. games ever played. And you're like, God, it's going to be on there yeah. forever, isn't it? I honestly yeah. have not thought of that. But here's the other thing that goes into that of, you know, will the MVP mention Taylor Swift? The yes is only plus 750. So wouldn't you rather just bet Travis Kelsey to win MVP at 13 to 1? Yeah, just do that. Just do that. That's that's the much better play. He's She is not going to be mentioned, but there's no way I'm laying minus 1660. Holy Lord. No, <laughs> what a number. thank you. Yeah, what's a bizarre number? No, oh, I'm not like just, minus sixteen hundred. Sixteen sixty. Sixteen sixty. Huh? No, absolutely not. I would just, I would just bet Travis Kelsey. If you really believe he's going to win it, I don't believe that's going to happen. It's never happened, never. So I would absolutely stay away from this bet. Let me ask you about the numerology, because this has been a hot topic. People love to see the numbers and, you know, saying, well, it's destiny. You know, all these things mm -hmm. add up to either 87 or 13, which is right. Taylor Swift's favorite number, which I am embarrassed to admit that I now know. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in any of these? Like, have you seen the conspiracy theories? Our own producer, Bill Rowland, has tagged me in some of these. Bill, do you have anything, uh, any of these at your fingertips that you can shout at me or, you know, get to me. Some of them are interesting. Which ones are you looking for? The ones that equal 13 or 87. You tagged me in a tweet oh, well, about this. Yes. Super Bowl 58, five plus eight is 13. So that's an oh, easy God. one there. <laughs> I mean, they're all, they're all right there. The Super Bowl's on February 11th, 2-11 is 13. That's an easy one. This will be the 13th game of the Chiefs that Taylor's been to. That's an easy one. I mean, we can go on and on, but I hear the music for half time. Yeah, and I'm a little embarrassed for you. So we'll save like the little shred of dignity that you have. Oh, and she just won her 13th Grammy. Everything is lining up for Taylor Swift. Oh. Well, glad something's finally going her way. We are so happy for her. All right, top of the hour next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.